Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. Hello, every single one of you lovely listeners and innocent bystanders that had to listen to this talk because whoever's listening to this has it on full fucking blast like an asshole riding the DC Metro. You know who I'm talking about. This is the VGL Podcast, and we aren't here for notes and news, but talk games and drink brews. On this episode's host, Kevin, and here with me this week is the Master of Ceremonies, Andrew, and the Master of Baiting, John. How you boys doing tonight? <laughs> Um, uh, see, I was gonna, I was trying to figure out what it was. You're like, oh, John gave me an idea before we started recording. Hello, I'm John, the master of Bation. Hello, I'm John. Hello, I'm John. Hello, I'm Andrew, the, the master, master of, of ceremonies himself. <laughs> the master of, uh, fucking up the ceremonies <laughs> hey man as long as you make us laugh it's all that matters but you see the ceremonies is just his way of saying bation you know because isn't okay. masturbation technically a ceremony just it's just what you are you lighting candles when you whack it what are you fucking a chick <laughs> what you don't have a little ambiance when you do it no <laughs> I'll be driving down I-95 and the mood strikes me. I'm like looking around. Let's put it in cruise. A little driving you know tug. I mean? Yeah, man. That's a long drive. <laughs> that's a smelly cab. See, that's why you got to do the candles. The candles help to mask the scent. Hold on. First of all, what stinks when you're jacking it? Pray tell. <laughs> I think it's just his crotch stink, right? Just his crotch rot. <laughs> every time, every you get time, that manscape, like, son. He starts and he gets a little bit of, bit of wind going, and it's like that's. And he stops, and he's like, "Oh, it's gone." Oh, and it's he gone. Starts, yeah, and then he starts again. It's what is? How you boys doing tonight? You know, obviously, besides Andrew's fucking crotch, just rotting the hill. Uh, doing doing all right, man. Doing all right. I'm hanging in, packing up for my trip. I am leaving the country, hopefully. Uh, the unicorn or Omicron, whatever the fuck we're calling it, variant doesn't screw me over from getting into Argentina and then also coming back into the U.S. So we'll see how that goes. I was about to say unicorn. What are you, swingers now? Welcome to VGL, where we try to <laughs> stack so many sex jokes into the first five minutes of a show. <laughs> You'll think you're in an orgy. Yeah. I was thinking the Witcher with the unicorn that oh. him and <laughs> you know he's mean? just naked on top of the unicorn, just like <laughs> oh, I still have the unicorn. Oh. Well, second straight a- show we got a Witcher reference. Good, good, good on us. I mean, season two came out. It's pretty fucking baller. I haven't finished it, but I got one episode left. Yeah, I was about to ask if you rolled credits. I I finished. It was really good. That's what the, she said, uh, dude. The very end of the last episode. I'm not going to spoil it, but kind of cool. That's all I'll say. You, if, if you know, you know. But if you don't know, then you don't know. And you may not know that you don't know, you know? You know. Yeah. I know. So, Andrew, how are you? I'm upset that the Patriots can't figure out how to lateral correctly in the last, however, like the last less than a minute of a game. You know, that, that, has that ever uh, worked, though? I think not. Really, the... It has the not only worked time. for the Patriots. It's only worked against the Patriots. Remember, I, remember the, the the fantastic move where Gronk couldn't catch the guy at the very yes. like running down the sideline, and he like stumbled. Ugh. Yes, 
That was yeah. That was literally that was another, the game. That was another good lateral. That was literally the game I was going to bring up because that's the only time I've actually seen it work. To be fair, Gronk was probably thinking about his next meal. <laughs> Gronk hungry. Yeah. Game should be over. Yeah. Although it did work for the Chiefs like a couple of years ago. I know this because I had Tyreek Hill on my fantasy team where they were down like two touchdowns before halftime. And so Dallas like put all of their secondary because like the Chiefs were at the like the 50 yard line. And so the Cowboys put all of their uh, secondary by the goal line. And so Alex Smith, this was back in the Alex Smith era of the Chiefs, like threw a little five yard out to Tyree Kill. No one around them. And then you see Kelsey take out like five blockers and Tyreek Hill scores like a 50-yard touchdown right before halftime. I was like, hell yeah, I got 17 points off that play. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. But that really wasn't an end-of-the-game lateral like the Patriots were trying to do. Didn't the Eagles do something like 12 years ago, 15 years ago? Wasn't that like the big – was it the Eagles or was it the Dolphins? Was that the Miami Miracle? What am I thinking of? You're thinking, are you thinking of the Music City Miracle with the Titans, that one kickoff where Frank Wycheck caught it, like, through to his left, and the guy ran down the other side lying against the Buffalo Bills back in, like, 2000? I, I was trying to think of the one that had, it had, like, nearly a dozen laterals. They just kept lateraling it, and it looked like it wasn't going to do anything, and then, like, the last three laterals ended up becoming something that it went to the sideline, and it made it all the way to the end zone in the last no time left. I I don't know. You think they practice that? They have to. Man. It can't be too much of a practice, though. They're like, all right, we're going to do end of the day. Let's practice laterals, and then that's it. Yeah. At that point, it's like, all right, who's really good at hot potato? <laughs> Maybe they just play hot potato. <laughs> yeah. With an actual hot potato. And somebody has gloves with sticky stuff on it. It just stays there. just melts the gloves away. <laughs> They're the rookies. <laughs> they never learn. Oh, God. Uh, sorry for going off on sports, but technically it's a game, so thank you for listening to that. All thanks to John Madden and his lovely franchise, R.I.P. R.I.P., man. What yeah. the fuck? R.I.P. Was not expecting Madden, that. Yeah, dude. 85 years old, man. Hell of a hell of a life. He changed, he changed uh, broadcasting for sure. Uh, for NFL. So I, I did not know that he was drafted to play in the NFL, but mm-hmm. he got injured before he was ever able to play a snap. He already had a pre-existing college injury to one of his legs, and then in practice, before he ever played in a game, he injured his other leg and was like, yeah, screw this, I'm out, and then became a Hall of Fame coach. <laughs> huh. Like, he's he's second all-time in win percentage to, you know, only Belichick, which is insane because you look back at his Raiders coaching years – his worst season is like nine and seven or something insane. It's it's incredible what Madden did. And then, you know, everyone knows him for being a broadcaster uh, and, and announcer and then obviously the games. But yeah, man. Well, and even for the games, he wanted to create a game that actually could teach people the plays and how to play football itself. So yeah. it became a, a way that people could learn and made it fun and not just like boring or statistical. It was like, this is a video game. Oh, where are you going? Yeah, <laughs> that Ooh. was NFL '95. I know it was. Yeah. I was just trying to throw it in there. No, it's good. My turn. <laughs> there's no way in hell that the next Madden does not have him on the cover. Oh yeah, oh, there's no. I think they've no already way. like they've already been like mock-ups all over Twitter and Instagram with with him on the cover. So I mean, yeah, you I can't, can't, I can't mad imagine. and curse somebody that's not around. 
What if they did? Oh, he, too soon. Like, too like he was soon. in heaven. Like, what if they did curse him? Like he was in heaven. They put him on the cover, and it's like Jesus comes up. He's like, "Hey, man, I, I'm sorry. We uh, we made a mistake. <laughs> Have you seen what's on the what what's on the cover? Yeah, recent recent news. Man's like mother, f-, and then he finishes the fuck word, and he teleports into hell, and it's like, God damn it. Or or what if he comes back to life and has like a day to live, like a la the crow. <laughs> and he's just like wreaking havoc on NFL teams. <laughs> it's just him with the little board and the pen, and he's circling red everything. He's like, "What you got to do is come over here and go fuck yourself." <laughs> Doodling parts like a fucking voodoo doll. On okay, fuck you, Jalen Hurts, uh, broken leg. <laughs> you see, every time he does that, you know that that person like flings across the field. And <laughs> I'd play oh, that man. game, I'm not dude. Lie. I would play that game. All right. God. <laughs> Obviously, we have been drinking already before this show. So <laughs> that's a good segue of John Madden curse coming from heaven to hell to life so he can fling characters in real I'm sorry, people in real life. So let's go ahead and start. Mr. Andrew, what cha drinking? Well, considering John's uh, tastes last time we recorded, uh, I figured I'd, you know, pop into the fridge and get myself a good old woodchuck. Oh, jelly. Good old woodchuck amber. Nice. Nothing goes down smoother. Mm. What What is the, uh, what's the APV on that? ABV, I'm sorry. A, a, a nice tiny five. Uh, okay. I was talking to Joe, uh, because when John brought it up last time, I was like, Joe, I don't even think she's heard of Woodchuck. I I don't see it. I don't see it in stores around here. It's a PA thing for sure. Like, it's, I I don't remember where it's brewed, though. They always got Angry Orchard. They always have Reds. I never see Woodchuck anymore because I forgot about Woodchuck myself until Andrew, you brought it up and told me that I introduced you to Woodchuck. I was like, fuck, I forgot, man. That shit was primo. So. That being said, Andrew, where did you find your woodchuck? And how much wood could he chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? It's actually sold uh, around here in a few different like liquor stores and whatnot. Um, I can only ever find the Amber or the 803. Oh, yeah. But those... And you're damn near in PA available. as far north you are. <laughs> and very close. Oh, they have a blueberry for their 30th anniversary release. Oh, nice. I might drive up to Delaware on my days off, see if they have it uh, in Delaware. And I'm not going too far in Delaware. Trust me and believe I'm going to the Delaware side of Del Mar, and I'm going to mm. go to that liquor the store tax-free right liquors? Yeah, yeah. If they don't have it, that's as far as I'm searching. I'm not driving is that through the, Is that the one like across 13 from where Bonanza was? Yes. Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Bonanza. Holy Hell shit. yeah, dude. My parents hated Bonanza, so we got to go there one time a year, and it was for my birthday. So my birthday would consist of my dad and my mom taking me to Toys R Us, getting to pick out a couple toys. They'd buy them, and then we'd go to Bonanza, and they fucking hated it every time. Why did they hate and Bonanza? Bonanza was great. I, so I don't I think it was just the, the, the whole all-you-can-eat buffet thing they fucking yeah. despised. So, so Kevin, for the uninformed, please explain what Bonanza was. <laughs> yeah, so if you guys are under the age of like 
25, he probably lost on Bonanza's. Bonanza was just like, it's just an all-you-can-eat buffet. And I, my fondest, like, not fondest memory, but my memory of all-you-can-eat buffets was always smoking and non-smoking because this shows you how far van- like how far back it yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. And it was separated by a room and usually you had to walk through the smoking section to go get your food. Yep, <laughs> so, or at least go to the bathroom. Yeah. Who... Do you think people back then were like, this doesn't make any fucking sense? It's like, yeah, I know, but we got to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they were all the smokers, so they didn't care. Like, ah, we'll appease them. We'll uh, we'll go into this room. There's not going to be any vents or windows or anything. But, you know, <laughs> it'll eventually travel into the whole building. But, ah, we're in the corner. Yeah, no matter where you sat, you still smelled the smoke. So, <laughs> yeah. And what's crazy about that bonanza is it's, you know, on the Maryland side, that Shoney's was like two miles away and then you drive Shoney's. up north and then it's like oh shit here's Bonanza so it was like man you had two like buffets one you know Shoney's is more like breakfast uh centered but yeah man honestly honestly if you had a golden corral imagine golden corral but I feel like and this could just be me thinking because we always went as a kid I feel like Bonanza had better food yeah I would agree I would agree but golden corral uh, we lost our golden corral here because um, they may or may have not failed numerous health inspections. Oh, we knew that back when Wilk was working there. I may or may not have kept on going even after they failed health inspections. We both did. <laughs> <laughs> That's like whenever we left a 24 cent tip for that one lady. Fuck that bitch, man. Look, I leave tips, Okay. We oh, we are very were generous at- tippers. Like it, like it, we know service. There was no service. This wasn't a weird flex or anything. We're not like, oh man, I leave thirty percent on tips. No, it's just like I understand tipping, and I tip. This bitch, we went to Golden Crown, me and Andrew, for like we were there for like an hour, hour and a half. We were growing boys. We needed five. We needed fifteen plates of food. We had one refill, and you know who got that for us? Me. <laughs> And this bitch had the audacity as I'm like, so I'm like looking at Andrew. I'm going, Andrew, I'm thirsty. I can't eat anymore because this bread is choking me. We are in the side room. We are the only table occupied in this side room that has its own little section, bar section for the fountain drinks. So like, I think I can remember or at least visualize what, where that is. So she did, she wasn't waiting on any other tables. If she was, it wasn't near us. And she never came up to engage us. Yeah, she was walking by because near where we were sitting was the little stand for the drinks and stuff for the the waitress to go get. So I'm like, Andrew, I'm I'm thirsty, man. I'm I'm about to just go get my own drink. I can see it right there. And he like picks up his cup, puts it on the table, and I was like, What, you don't think I'm gonna do it? And he's like, No, I know you're gonna do it. I'm thirsty. So I'm like, bet. (laughs) Pick up the drinks, go behind the counter, fill up my drinks, sit back down. And then this bitch comes over and goes, "Uh, You're not allowed back there. And I'm like, I was thirsty. You didn't come by to fill up our drinks. I'm dying over here. We've been sitting here for 20 minutes on the same glass. I'm choking on this bread so hard, my nipples are getting hard. Like, fill up my drink. It's not hard. Like, that's the only thing you, ha- you you don't even have to clear the plates. I will you reuse the same damn plate. I don't care. So this bitch got 24 pennies as her damn tip. We didn't even go as far as to give her a solid 25 cents. We just yeah. gave her, like, random change. And I felt like, it. and you may be like, oh, man, these guys are assholes. No, fuck you. It had been 
less annoying to give her zero dollars. We gave her the fucking pennies. Get this shit out of my pocket. I'm tired of my hand smelling like copper. God. I was originally thinking you guys gave her 24 pennies because I, I, I figured your bill had come to like $20.76 or whatever. And you guys were just trying to make like 20 you know, like make it even thing and just go, nope. hey, you know, nope. fuck you or whatever. And you know what's funny? We're not even going to give her a full round, like, you know, 25 cents, this and that. Like, and we realized we didn't even have that. So screw that. I think we discussed it too. I think we had dollars. We had like regular change. We had like regular like dollar bills, but our change, like it was, we're not going to give her ones. We're not going to give her any, anything of like bill tips. And then at the very end of it, we get all the way back to your house and I realize I still have a penny in my pocket. <laughs> I could have given her 25 cents, but no. Nope. 24. I hope she put those up on a mantle. She's like, I earned these. God. And I've never, I've never tipped like that ever before. And I haven't since then. Cause even the shitty service, I under, like, I understand the plate, but there was no reason for this bitch. Not, no, she literally it wasn't had busy. no other tables. She was putting that little like rolling uh, duster mm. on the carpet instead of coming to talk to us or check on us. For like over 20 minutes. I hope she's one of our listeners. She's like, it's them. (laughs) Those guys. I had forgotten about them. She's listening to this and then the Metal Gear Solid alert just happened in her head. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So a little fun fact. Woodchuck Cider House is in Middlebury, Vermont. Mm. Vermont. You have to hit the T's. Vermont. Um, so bes- besides me and Andrew not drinking at Golden Corral, John, what are you drinking? So we're recording about a week after our last episode that we recorded. So I still have the same thing that I had last episode. It's my Irish cider by Magners. Uh, Magners. Magners. So yeah, it, it's pretty good. Not nearly as strong as Andrew's. As, what would you say your woodchuck was 5%? It's 5 inch. I mean 5%. So I mean it's it's substantial. <laughs> I would yeah, think. Yeah, mine's 4.5. It's okay. What is that, water? Yeah. <laughs> so, no, it's it's pretty good. I gave the details on the last episode. It's uh, it's brewed in Ireland, but comes through via, via Vermont. So <laughs> Fair, fair. Did you say Middlebury for yours? Yeah. Yeah, that's the same as here. You guys are drinking the same exact thing. They're just labeled it's pro- Yeah, it's probably <laughs> the same thing. That's probably like they're, they're off-brand, but not... Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the Dr. Cola. Yeah, it's it's the <laughs> Mountain Thunder. <laughs> God damn it. Anyway. Uh Kev, what are you drinking? Well, I'm super excited because I do believe this is the first time uh in an episode where we are the All cider drinking the boys. same thing. <laughs> cider boys, man. Let's go. Nice. I'm drinking some Anger Orchard Hard Cider. Are we outsiders? <laughs> John's going to no longer be with us. He's going to go to uh, wherever he's going. He's going to stay there because uh, that joke killed me. Um. <laughs> wherever I'm going, you know where I'm going. Bro, look, I can't remember what I did today at work. I know I went to work. I know I'm going to get a paycheck. You guys know I'm all about the anger, uh, anger orchard, hard cider stuff. Honestly, I'm really hoping I can find some woodchuck because it's been so long since I had it. I, I Like I said, I forgot that it existed. I forgot how much I loved it. But no, I was just, I got off work, we started recording, I was like, I'm too tired to even fathom pouring whiskey and Coke in a glass, so I was like, give me just a can, and this is what I grabbed out of the fridge, 
So, you know, Cider Boys. Let's go, boys. Cider Boys. <laughs> cider Boys. Uh, I'm kind of excited this week to do the, the What You Plan, because obviously the Final Fantasy Adventure is over. It was over last week, but was a little busy. Didn't get to play too many things. So let's go ahead and dive right into What You Plan. You just got old, old. Andrew, started with you last time for the What You Drinking, John. Hit us up with What You Plans On. Cool. Um, I'm actually kind of excited to talk about mine as well. So one of the games that I've been playing, and I kind of wanted to get you guys' like, honest uh, take on this. I'm going to give you guys the description of this game from Xbox Game Pass because you guys will definitely know that this is typically not a game I would play and the listeners would know as well. So here's the description of this game. Uh, it's a 2.5D side-scrolling puzzle platformer. You are the pedestrian. Enter into a dynamic 3D world with stunning graphics and challenging puzzles. You play by rearranging and reconnecting public signs in order to explore and advance through each engaging environment. Guys, this game is freaking awesome. I'm addicted to it. It is so good. I am usually not a side-scrolling player. Like it's just never kind of been my style of games. But what's what I find unique about this game is you're at the very beginning, the very first level you choose between a, a man symbol or a woman symbol, like you've seen on any like pedestrian road sign or a restroom sign or anything like that. And then you play through you're doing all of these side scrolling like puzzle things. And it's just it's really addicting because you have this two D side scrolling thing. But it's happening against 3D backgrounds. So like the very first level, the like first 10 puzzles or so are in uh, a warehouse. And so you're seeing like garage doors or big delivery trucks and stuff. And they're so detailed. It's insane. The graphics of this game are really, really cool. The second level takes place in the subway. This third level that I'm... uh, The third level, I can't remember where it's at. The fourth level, you're outside. And what's cool is with each level, you start having to unlock other things about the puzzles. So... Uh, you start getting like electrical components. And so you need to go solve the puzzle to go get this electrical cable. And then you got to go figure out the where the cable goes in your main puzzle. And then it's like, oh shit, you need a battery. So you need to go solve the puzzles for the battery, bring the battery back, plug that in. And so it's like all these cool little things that you're doing, puzzle solving. There's no, there's no dialogue. It's just cool, like elevator jazz music playing in the background. So there's, and and that's all it is. And it's just like, ambient noise in the background too like when i was in the subway level you know you can hear like subway train cars or things like that like it's it's really really cool i've really enjoyed this game so far how long to beat says it's about four hours to complete the whole game i think there's like 12 levels and i'm on the fourth level right now so i've put about an hour and a half in it just started as like a i'll just spend five minutes on this as i'm wanting to go to bed and just kind of unwind and next thing i know i put in like half hour here and then yesterday i put in some more time today i put in some more time so nice it's a really fun game on top of that i you know we're a week a little bit more than a week into the new year and so far i've been able to keep up with my uh resolution where i was trying to get through you know games in my backlog and so fellas i have picked back up final fantasy 7 remake and can honestly say that i've put in close to five hours in the last week um so i picked back up where i was where i was in the sewers after doing the whole cloud and address thing 
and went through the train graveyard sequence with Cloud, Tifa, and Aerith, and then made it up the tower where uh, they're trying to stop the Sector 7 plate from falling. And then that happens, and then after that, I'm on my way to Aerith's house to try and find Marlene, which I feel like all of that isn't necessarily spoilers. I feel like all of that happens in the main Final Fantasy VII game. Kev, as mm-hmm. you most recently played through it, I think all of that is non-spoiler, right? Possibly. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Final Fantasy XII sucks. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, no. All all that is literally what exactly like you you go to the wall market, you get the dress, then you talk to Don Corleone, and he drops yeah. you through the the thing, and you have to fight the sewer monster, uh, and then you go to the ghost. Just exactly, exactly. Word yes. for word, exactly. It's like yes. Star Wars, and you're uh, Luke. He cross yeah. dresses. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I picked back right up after the, basically, I had finished, like the first time, the last time I had played before starting back up was right after, the last time that I had played, I picked back up where I was, where I just beat the sewer monster. So yeah, I, man, I gotta say, the game is really, really good. I really do enjoy Remake much more than I did the original 7. Sorry, I know that like the world over really adores Final Fantasy 7. I explained in our Final Fantasy covered episode for me why it wasn't the case. Please don't at me. It's fine. But um one thing that that is still about remake that I'm still like I think that it works, but it's kind of cool, but I kind of also don't like it too is that ATB bar. I like it, but speed and and remake means nothing. It's it's a it's a stat that you don't need to pour any time into because for whatever reason Tifa is the fastest and I find myself using Tifa a lot in all of the battles. Like I'm I'm trying my best to switch between all the characters. Like Aerith is got magic out her ass. Like she's like the the mage of the game. That and is a magical I, ass. Yeah, and then <laughs> Tifa. I think her strength stats, at least in the build that I'm running with her, I think she's even more stronger. She, I think she's stronger than Cloud at this point. But I find myself always waiting for Cloud to fill up his ATB bar to actually do an action. And so I'm literally will, will just be like running around trying to get Cloud's ATB bar up so I can at least do a triple slash or uh, an overpower or something or a, a, a braver or something. Oh shit, this is an enemy I hadn't fought before, so now I need to use the assess material. So there goes his first turn. Then by the time the second ATB bark hits, it's like, oh shit, he's taking too much damage. Aerith's kicking ass, doing magic, and Tifa's doing physical damage. Now I need to use a high potion. And then his third turn comes around, and oh, finally I might be able to do a a technique or something. So I, I wish that the speed actually was leveled out a little bit more. That's kind of my only complaint. Other than like, there's moments in the game where there's a shit ton of forced walking where it's like you're walking through the environments. Granted, they look pretty. They look gorgeous. I love them. But it's like this is for story exposition. But why am I walking so damn slow? Like, I think part of that is more of the like to make you get used to the environment, the replayability of some of the environment as well. Sure. And to make sure that you don't walk past something that could be searched, talked to, found, etc. Yeah. Dude, I will say that the the scene with Barrett after the plate falls, I, re- I remember it from Final Fantasy VII. Like, you're just reading text bubbles. But to actually have that scene and the gravitas that that scene has, have it with full-on voice actors and how just emotional that scene is. The guy that plays Barrett did a hell of a job. 
And that scene where he's calling out to Marlene and then asking about Biggs and Wedge and all that shit, I was like, damn, dude, like that was perfectly acted. It was so good. So good. And I think with the updated graphics and the way that it was able to tell the story, it it told it a little more easy to understand and as well as it portrayed what actually happened a little easier than just little Legos running around. Yeah. Now, the only thing I can think of with the the different builds and the speed and like cloud taking forever is that's where you're going to have to adjust your gameplay and your style and maybe don't worry about high potions if Aerith can uh, heal him because she has a quicker ATB or give maybe Tifa the assess depending on what kind of material you want to swap around. Yeah, I've been I've been messing with builds and stuff. I mean, I'm other than that Hell House fight, like I haven't found too many fights where I've like needed to redo multiple times. You know, I, I can kind of figure it out mid fight like, oh, shit, here's the thing that I'm ha- having to work towards. Like, oh, this guy's, you know, I need to use lightning or, or whatever. You know, I can figure it out. But um, yeah, it hasn't been that bad. But I'm, I'm just I always find myself waiting for Cloud to be able to use one of his skills. Have you gotten to the point of using, uh, doing the experimental battles at the save points? Yeah, with that dick face Chadley or whatever his name is. Fuck yeah. that guy. I've done it. I've developed a new materia. And it's like, fuck you. Okay. Kevin's trying no, to hold in his laughter. Those, those were harder <laughs> battles for me. Yeah. Because you definitely have to do more strategy. His goofy little scarf that looks like a butterfly. Like, I don't know. And then it's like goofy little monocle that looks like it's straight out of Tron. Like, I, I don't know. It's a weird character. It's called Fashion John. I'm not fashionable. <laughs> Nothing I put on is going to make me look less or make me look. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm drunk. <laughs> Bro, I got fucking jeans on right now that I wore in high school. So I don't know shit about fashion either. Mm. Going back to like what my New Year's resolution was, like making sure that I could spend 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever I had. So I've I've stuck with that at least through the first week of this month. So Good. You know, I've you. played it. Yeah, I've played it for half an hour a couple of times and then times where I had a little bit more, you know, I sat down with it and, and really delved into it. Like I said, I put nearly five hours in on the game this week, so felt pretty proud about that. And like overall I've enjoyed it. Like it's it's been good. It hasn't felt like a slog or anything. So Yeah. So that's it for me. How about you, Andrew? Well, you know, just Genshin Impact. Warzone. <laughs> and it takes two. Genshin Impact just did a, a 2.4 update, so there's new characters, new story, new maps. That's that's fun to explore with that, and I'm still a little more reserved and like diving too deep into it because it it is getting older, it is getting a touch stale. But the the new maps, the new stories, they do help, and when they have different stories that have the voice acting, like they did the last one with. Uh, with Ito, that was really good. It was really well done with the way that the American voice actor or the English voice actor was able to portray the character and it helped you to really get involved and enjoy the dynamic of the character and whatnot. Warzone, they finally fixed a bug of uh, that invisible skin, but there's still so many glitchy shit and bad servers and what 1800 people that walked out uh, that were employed so 
that's Warzone. It Takes Two has been fun. Emily's been enjoying that, and we've been uh, been able to play that and find our dynamic and get better at coordinating and doing the co-op. The parents in that, which are the people you play, they're terrible parents. Jesus Christ. Like, you just want to smack them. Like, no wonder they're getting divorced. They they don't deserve their kid. Spoilers. That's 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 the premise of it. That's the very start of it. Uh, okay. The, the, the kid overhears you talking outside her window that you were going to get a divorce. That's the first 30 seconds of the game. Like, oh, damn. Okay. Maybe not spoilers. Not spoilers. <laughs> no. It's They are terrible parents. But, yeah. <laughs> that game looks fun. I, you know, it I've is. only seen like the, the videos and trailers and stuff of it. And it won a shit ton of awards at the, at the Game Awards, so... The way that the all the different puzzles are very engaging. Of course, you need two people to be able to play as well as to be able to solve the main parts of the puzzle. But especially in different open areas, they've added a lot of different just fun things um, that don't even have anything to do with the story or the environment. Like you're going around in a little toy room at one place and you see a little piggy bank and there's four coins sprawled out around it. You go pick up the coins, run around the back of the piggy bank, insert it into the piggy bank. Well, once you hit all four of them in there, it gets too full and it falls on its back. Well, then you can go up and jump and butt slam down and break the piggy bank. Coins go everywhere, this and that. And there's always like little back and forth, like quips between the characters because they're the mother and father. So they have their own little engagements. And so like whenever something breaks or this or that, it's like there's always like something they say to each other. It's like, that was Rose's piggy bank. Why did you just break that? <laughs> How long is that game? It's, uh, I think I saw it was like 12 chapters or something like that. And okay. me and Emily are in four, like chapter four nice. or five. Yeah, I mean, it's depending on the dynamic that you have with uh, the co-op partner, as well as how good either of you may be on getting the buttons down right. Yeah. Can, it will vary on how long it'll take you to get through the puzzles. But they make them fairly easy. I mean, they're not too terribly hard, but there are things that you have to be coordinated enough in your movements and controls to be able to progress ahead. Gotcha. So, Kevin, now that uh, Final Fantasy is done, what what have you been trekking on to? Thank God. Uh, I, I do miss Final Fantasy. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, but... No RPGs for me this week. Uh, actually, last episode I talked about how I wanted to start up Devil May Cry in the Metal Gear Solid series, so I, I installed Devil May Cry. I've played I played through Devil May Cry 1, uh, like the first seven chapters, numerous times, and something always pops up. It's not that I hate the game. I think it's a great game. I do think it has aged pretty poorly. Uh, as far as controls go and the things you can do. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But I started I started that up. Uh, I'm on Chapter 3, fighting the the terrible, awful, uh, hard snake lava. I'm sorry, not snake. Uh, the lava spider thing. It's a very hard boss. Uh, it's, it's surprising that it's such a, a beginning. Like, it's so far in the beginning of the game kind of boss because it it every time 
I, I, I remember it and I'm like, okay, this time I've got it. I'm getting better at the controls. And then he just beats my ass fucking over and over again. It takes like 10, 12 tries to finally beat this thing. But as far as, like, like I was saying with the controls, there's no block, which is kind of strange to me. Is there a dodge? I think you get a dodge. You have to unlock the ability. Yeah. You get a dodge and then you're able to upgrade it. Like you can dodge and then you do like a sword slice or you can dodge yeah. and then fire your gun. There's a couple of different ones. So you can't block, which is very strange. But also there's two attack buttons. And when I start, when I picked it up this time, I thought one was a light and one was a heavy. No, they're the same exact thing. It's you do different combos with the different timing. So if you mash the attack button, he'll do a quick like, and he'll just like slice three times. But if you like slash, pause, slash again, and then slash again, he'll do like a lunging attack. And then then you can keep mashing that button. He'll start doing the lunge over and over again. So it's pretty cool how they, they got over the limitation of the buttons, I guess, but it's it's still kind of strange that they have two buttons that do the same exact thing and they didn't choose to have one as a light attack and one is maybe like one is a fast attack, one is a heavier attack, as most hack and slash games do now. Did Devil May Cry start as a PS2 yep. game? One, two, and three were PS2 exclusive, actually. Yeah. Also been playing It Takes Two with my wife Joe. Uh, we haven't made it very far. I think what makes this game so interesting and unique is, and we haven't made it that far. Uh, we made it to the tree. Andrew, you know what I'm talking about? Yep. So the first level you're like, you go against this vacuum cleaner. And I think what makes the game so interesting looking at the trailer is that as this game progresses, it turns into a different type of game. It's all puzzle mechanics so far, but one is almost like a shooter, and then the next you're doing, like the next zone, you're doing a platform, and then one zone you're doing racing. So it, it, it yes. takes all these different genres. It feels so fresh every time you get to a new area, and it's not just like, here's an upgraded ability. It's like, no, here's a completely different style that you have to learn and adapt to, but they don't make it so difficult where newcomers uh, that don't play video games or it's too difficult for them. So it's really nice. They, they blend it really well. They keep it interesting. I love that they did that and I can't wait to finish it with Joe. So we've been playing that together. I was going to say, can I, can I tell you what we came across yesterday? We started playing and we hit a new area where we were able to get our abilities for that area. And I've, mm-hmm. you've seen to the tree so you've seen that, okay, well, each little area you get, like, you each get your own abilities to help you go through the next thing. We just finished an area where I was an ice wizard and she was a fire warrior. <laughs> and it was set up like gauntlet as we ran through <laughs> the areas. We had that slightly turned 3D, like, uh, overhead view, and we just ran through everything platform just like gauntlet. And I was so stoked the entire time that I just kept talking about it. And I'm sure Emily was trying to, like, wanted to tell me to shut up. Uh, have you gotten to any of the mini games? Yes. She gets upset if we haven't found them. And we have to, we play them at least two or three times. 
Uh, we nice. did the one. We did the whack-a-mole one. <laughs> Bro, my, I was losing my shit because I was the guy that was underneath. Yeah. So, John, since you haven't played this yet, it's not much of a spoiler. So, Joe has this hammer and you have nails. Okay. Since Joe had the hammer, she was on top. She was the one doing whack-a-mole. And I'm inside of this box. And he used the D-pad to go left, right, up, or down. And you had to stand up in a certain amount of, uh, for a certain amount of time to get a point. And then she has to try to hit you. So I'm losing my shit as like, I'll tap D right. And the thing, the little lid pops up real quick. And I'm seeing her fucking like wail with her hammer. And then I'm like behind her. So at some point, like halfway through, I'm like, yeah, halfway through, I'm winning. And she loses it. She starts hammering every... She's just going around to every hole. She doesn't even wait for me to pop up. So so then I start getting to a rhythm where I pop up uh, for a second, and then I'll go down. So then she starts trying to figure out what I'm doing. So she sees me pop up. She hammers down, but then I start going left. It's so fucking ridiculous, man. Like wait, I, so it's not... It's a versus? It's not a co-op no, thing? No. Like These for the, the minigame? For the minigames, mini games yeah, are all yep. versus. Okay. okay. And it's just for fun. It does not do anything. You just it's just a little game they added to to have you guys compete against each other while the main game is you working together. So that, that was really cool. So later on in the tree, we came across one that you shoot plungers out of a cannon to targets and when you hit the target, it's on a track that's going between you and her. And so as you shoot the the target, it turns around and it starts going towards her. So she has to shoot it with a plunger. So that it'll turn around and go towards you. And if it makes it to the end, it gets that person gets a point, the opposite side. So it reminded me of like Raving Rabbids, where we were just <laughs> shooting plungers. <laughs> John, John, I think you'd like it. The the plungers almost sounds like the uh guys remember the Beavis and Butthead game? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's funny that you uh you mentioned Gauntlet, Andrew, because my wife loves Gauntlet. And as soon as you get uh mentioned gauntlet i just thought about someone destroyed the food (laughs) (laughs) oh man now i can't wait to get to that area but to finish it off uh just a tiny little game you guys have heard of it before uh but i love the music and it's literally you play for 10 minutes you can stop it's katamari damasi i fucking i love that music in that game it's so ridiculous um so that one's just been like a, a little if if I if I got a little bit of time after work before I take the animals out and feed the animals and feed myself and go to bed and stuff, I'll like, all right, let's fire this up and I just sit there and sing along to the ridiculous music. Are you talking about like the OG Katamari Damasi? Like yeah, from they like O re- five or whatever. Mm-hmm. They remade it. It's called Reroll, and it's on. I think it's on Game Pass, but it's just I'm not, HD. I'm not getting it. <laughs> it's it's fun like i i'm okay with watching people play that game but god that game that game came out when i was still in college and the first time and uh, (laughs) i was like jesus man i just i could not understand that game and the dude with the pill-shaped head and the (laughs) The king (laughs) yeah the king of the cosmos it was like the the creative director of candy crush became the Katamari Damasi king or whatever. Like, <laughs> I just never understood the hype with that game. So anyway. Uh, that was uh, some good games, boys. Um, but let's go ahead and move on to the meat and the potatoes, as we usually say, into this episode. 
But before we get to that, let's go ahead and talk about another podcast and the, the great Creative Breed Candy group, I guess if you want to call them. Network, the ladies, co-op. Yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> Pear, Thelma and Louise. Glossing. (laughs) (laughs) Are the great ladies over at STD and who can better explain the craziness they get into than the girls themselves? Do you like true crime? Oh my god, Kat, you can't just ask people if they like murder. But I'm curious. Well, curiosity killed the cat. Uh, does that make you curiosity? No, I'm Logan. And I'm Kat. And we're the hosts of the true crime comedy podcast, Spoiler They Die. One of us tells a story about a serial killer, a survivor, or basically anything morbid and scary. Also, we're Canadian, in case that matters to anyone. I don't think people listen to podcasts based on people being Canadian or not. People in our Discord server seem to care. Oh, sorry about that, eh? But thanks for listening to us panhandle. I'm Logan, and I approve this message. Uh, make sure you guys go give them a listen. They are two of the most hilarious Canadians I know because I only know two. So, you may be wondering if you can't read and you clicked on this episode, what is this episode about? Well, we got some good ones today. They're all about memories and what we spent. Memories. <laughs> what we spent our hard-earned money to buy. So... First, we're going to start with the first game that we bought with our own money. You know, we had Christmas growing up was always Christmas, birthdays. They were always like, we want video games. At least I did. I I always, video games were always top on the list. It's like, I need more to play. So, Andrew, can you remember what the first game you bought with your own cash in hand was? I want to say it's uh it it's one of two things because the timing I'm not sure exactly where the timing is because everything starts blending together in your mid 30s but it was either whenever I went to the civic center and there was a big expo going on at the civic center there was a whole bunch of stuff going on I actually went there with 200 bucks my dad took me and I was super excited and I was like all right I want to see what they have. And they had this, uh, this nice, like multi-system area, like in a couple of games. It wasn't like, you know, a huge library category of what they had there, but I saw this and I was like, you know, I have a lot of like Sega stuff and like you had a lot of the super Nintendo stuff. I ended up getting maximum carnage because I love Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man growing up and like, we just went and saw Spider-Man yesterday. It was fantastic. Oh, I, I bawled. God. I bawled. Oh, man. So, I, I, like, my love for Spider-Man has been through the years. And so, that was why I definitely had to get Maximum Carnage. And I remember playing that and just, like, seeing all the different characters. I didn't know who Moon Knight was. I didn't know who some of the other ones were. But, like, seeing, you know, being Spider-Man or being venom going against carnage like it was it was so exhilarating it was such fun and it was such a like a fantastic like i felt fulfilled because i purchased it because i actually had the money and my dad had all of his games that i played too but i purchased this one and if it wasn't that game it was definitely a game that i bought at a yard sale 
I mean, I didn't have to go very far for this yard sale. It was actually right next door. Because you bought it from Kevin. I bought it from <laughs> Kevin. It was the Nintendo Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What a game. <laughs> what a game. I mean, it was, it was, it was one or the other, but uh, those are the farthest back purchases that I can think of that I had the money, and I was like, yes, I bought something. I can start my own collection. Those are, uh, those are good games, man. So if we're talking about, at least for me, if we're talking about games that we purchase with our own like hard-earned money, so this would have been 2001. I was working at, during the summer, I was working at a golf course that was in my grandparents' kind of uh, retirement community. And um, they had a nine-hole golf course, and I was part of the like maintenance team to keep the maintenance crew i don't know why i said team the maintenance crew to like keep the the grounds of the the golf course like up to snuff you know part part of my job is like you know all of the golf carts that were there to rent i'd have to like take them out and uh like wash them and then my boss literally told me her name was julie she was pretty cool um she's like yeah when when you when you get them done just like go take them for a ride around the neighborhood and dry them off i was like seriously (laughs) so like that was like every friday it was me just riding around the neighborhood and golf carts going like 20 mile an hour that was great um but after i got my like second or third paycheck from there was shortly after final fantasy 10 came out and Final Fantasy X, along with the Brady Games strategy guide, which at the time was just as expensive as the goddamn game, yep. which is like $20, right? So I dropped $40 on Final Fantasy X, the game, and the strategy guide for PlayStation 2. So I think that's also part of the reason why that game is so near and dear to my heart, because it's literally the first game that I purchased with my money. But you guys remember the Brady Game Guides, man? I yes. felt like... You know, I think I had one for like Shadows of the Empire. Yeah, for the uninitiated, Brady Games guides were like the precursor to all the stuff you can now find on YouTube. And if if your game didn't have a guide for a while, you were kind of shit out of luck until like 2004, until a little website called Cheat Code Central came a thing. <laughs> and then the other website I used all the time was Game Winners. Did you guys remember that website? Mm-hmm. You guys could like you you could go on there and search by like system, be like, oh shit, I want PS one, PS two, Xbox, whatever. And man, I spent a lot of time on game winners, man, because I found that spending twenty dollars per game guy just was was gonna break my bank <laughs> at fourteen. Yeah, man. Shout out to Brady Game Guides, man. They were they were awesome. Probably the only books I ever finished like, <laughs> as a teenager. <laughs> That's only if they finished the game, though. Yeah, for real. <laughs> um, yeah, so for me, Final Fantasy X, first game I ever purchased. So, how about you, Kev? You guys, you guys had some bangers of first video games you guys bought. I wish I had a, a hell of a banger for my first game that I bought with my money, but uh, it's not. It's not even close. <laughs> um, I don't remember where I bought it from. I specifically remember where like I I remember the room I remember that I went into a little one of those like KB toys blue light special things or whatever where they had them in the bin I remember digging in the bin but when I was a kid I had an allowance I got three dollars a week for like dusting 
whatever and cleaning my room and whatever. So I had saved up two weeks. I had $6 to my name. I was seven years old or something. It might've been Kmart we went to, but I was like, man, I got some money. Just got a wallet. I got money in my wallet. King of the world. And went to this little bin and I'm looking through all the games and I remember tossing aside uh, Terminator 2. Uh, I specifically remember holding that in my hand. Like, toss that aside. Uh, I remember looking at uh, a game that I eventually got for Christmas, which was a Bugs Bunny game. I'm sorry, not Bugs Bunny, the, the Tiny Toon Adventures. Yeah, Buster. Buster I remember, Bunny. I remember tossing that to the side. And I cannot, I cannot fathom why I picked this game. Probably because I could afford it. My very first game that I bought was for the Super Nintendo for $5 was Frogger. <laughs> oh. Frogger. Yeah. I never played it before. I I remember I can I can probably draw the cover of this game. I, yeah, like he's just a little toad in the corner. He's fucking jumping. He looks like the toad from Donkey Kong Country. And I was like, fuck yeah, let's frog it up. I don't know why. (laughs) I have no idea why. What drew me to that game out of all the shit that I picked up. But Frogger was my very first game that I bought with my allowance. And I don't even know where the game is. I think uh, I lost it with all my other Super Nintendo games. The way that you were introing that, I was thinking, oh, okay, it's got to be something good. It's got to be a banger. No. It's got to be something that you put all your time into. I was, I was thinking, thinking like, it's Jurassic, Park. it's Jurassic no. Park. It's Jurassic Park. It's Jurassic Park. I never owned Jurassic Park. Never did. Did you only Did you only rent that? Yeah. Only rented Jurassic Park. I remember us playing that so much. <laughs> yeah, because I kept renting it because we couldn't beat the damn thing. And you Dude, know why it was we hard. Could- I haven't beaten it, but I did figure out why we can never beat it. It's one of those games where you have to read the fucking manual in order to beat the game. And you know damn well we weren't reading shit. We were kids and we're guys. We're not going to read any manuals. No, you have to read the manual in order to beat the game. It's ridiculous. But no, fucking Frogger. Since I have my EverDrive or my SD2 SNES for the Super Nintendo, I feel like popping that bad boy in giving Frogger a spin, but it's a game you can't even beat. It's just getting a high score. I don't know what the fuck I was supposed to do with that game. I sucked at it. I remember my frog kept dying. I would play it for like five minutes, and I was done with it. And I was like, fuck it. Let's put it in the NES. Let's play Kirby's Adventure. (laughs) You guys are like, oh, man, I got Final Fantasy X. Oh, I got Maximum Carnage. I got Frogger, motherfuckers. It explains so much why you're trying to collect everything good now. Yeah, it's like I had nothing. All right, I had the shittiest games. I just had a feeling you were explaining a, a very hard game, and then, yeah, ended up being <laughs> no, Frogger. No. I mean, Frogger was hard because you can't beat it. It's like, yeah. what am I supposed to do with that game? They added more trucks. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what, like, the GDQ or speedrun record of Frogger is. Like, all right, fastest way to get to 100 million points. Do nah, this. The world record is 0.02 seconds because it's turning it on and then turning it off because that's about how you fucking win the game. God damn it. That had a instruction booklet. I want to I want to look at the PDF of what that instruction booklet looked like. It's like, watch out for these red things, and it's a truck. It's like, no shit, asshole. Figured that out the first two seconds. I pressed up and died. Oh, man. 
20 years later, Kevin's still bitter. <laughs> oh, man. Because I spent my, that's two weeks. Could you imagine working two weeks? All right. You get paycheck every two weeks. You spent that entire thing on a game and it was fucking a Frogger arcade cabinet. Could you imagine that today? No. That was what it was like when I was a kid. I had $6 Damn. for two weeks and I spent it on Frogger. And even <laughs> even as a kid, I was like, oh, this is fun. Probably because I was like, inside I knew. I was like, no, I spent my money on this. I have to play it. Next up, since we're past that dark time in my life, we're going to talk about the first console that we bought with our own money. Now, this one obviously is going to be further on in our lives because yeah. I, I can't imagine how much a console would be for me if I used my $3 a week oh, to, to, to buy one of those. Yeah. So, John? I, I'm a little embarrassed <laughs> as to what mine is, to be honest. With you. So, then we're going to start with John. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mentioned that. So I started working at 14. Um, like a real like paying job, but it, this was back when minimum wage in the United States was like five fifteen an hour. <laughs> so, all right, my first console that I bought for myself with my own money would have been um, sometime in two thousand seven when I bought my first PlayStation three, and like the big blocky circular like. 60 gig PlayStation 3 or whatever the hell where like four games took up your entire hard drive. <laughs> there you go. Andrew's got one. He's holding it up right now that no one can see. Yeah, one of those bad boys. <laughs> Thankfully, I was like working at GameStop at the time. So I, I was able to like get like a GameStop deal from my store manager or something. I got like $10 off or some bullshit. But yeah, that was the first one. First system I ever bought was my PlayStation 3. The first nice. PlayStation 3 I had, so, yeah. Now, when you bought it, did you have any games that came with it, or did you just get solely that, and then because you had previous versions? Like, did you have PS2, PS1 games that you could already play on it from before? Or Yeah, yeah. So I still had pretty much, at the time, my whole collection of games. My, my first PlayStation 3 was not backwards compatible for PS2 games. It was just for PS1. So I held on to my PS2 and then was still playing my PS1 games. But I, I can remember the first PS3 game that I got, I believe, was Assassin's Creed. And then shortly thereafter was Uncharted. And then a shit ton of games after that. So That was the hard part with the, the fat PS3. is because it could do some PS2 games, but it was yeah. very finicky. And there so many different PS2 games had the silver back or the black back or the blue back and even some ps2s had trouble when they you would uh the laser would start to die down to be able to play the blue or black back yeah games it was depending on which ps3 you got because the initial ps3 when they first came out had ps2 hardware inside of it so it wasn't yeah. an emulation and then they switched to emulation that's when it started giving trouble the PS1 always was fine, but the PS and then eventually they phased out the PS2. Yeah. Yep, so for me PlayStation 3 that was my first system and I think I bought god in my life I think I bought three different PS3s like when they started coming out with the slimmer version ones was you know we got up to like a 250 gig if I remember correctly does that sound right 250 mm -hmm. gig P PS3 
I can't remember, but yeah. That was my last version of PS3. So That sounds a bit high, but honestly, I didn't pay that close attention to PS3s. Yeah. So, uh, Andrew, how about you, man? What was what would have been your first system buy? So, it's a retelling of the same story as whenever I went to the Civic Center and I had 200 bucks, I got the Super Nintendo to go with Maximum Carnage. I didn't get it for the Sega like I always had, but I never really had... I got to play Kevin's Super Nintendo whenever I went over his house, and I always enjoyed like the different varieties of games that he was able to get to, but I couldn't play. So I, I think I spent like 120 or 150 of what I had of that $200 to get the Super Nintendo, Maximum Carnage, and then maybe like an extra controller or something like that. And I was so stoked. Like I, I was just like, hugging it on the drive back to my house from when my dad was bringing me back home just having a super nintendo when all i had in the past was like you know just building up i had the nintendo we had the uh intellivision we got the sega genesis and then to get the super nintendo too <laughs> and i didn't have it for very long before like the n64 came out but just that brief window of i caught up that was fun. I enjoyed that. That's pretty cool. What about you, Kev? Do you remember your first console that you Kev's had? like <laughs> smiling, but also kind of like smoldering. I feel it was like, like that sad smirk that's going on right now. Are you going to redeem yourself or not? You guys had some bangers of fucking first consoles that you bought. Let me tell you. Let me go ahead and preface this by saying no, I did not either. So obviously I'm younger than you guys. So I lived with my parents for much longer. They they fucking spoiled me rotten and got me plenty of consoles. So I'll start this off by saying technically there's a couple that I bought with myself, but it was extenuating circumstances that I had to buy these. I did not I did not own them initially because I bought them. So the Game Boy Advance SP I bought by trading in my Game Boy Advance that my parents bought me and a whole bunch of games that they bought me. So I don't really count that because it wasn't really my money. I, I traded in stuff for it. Um, okay. Xbox 360 my parents got for me and obviously that died numerous times and I had to buy different ones or get, get refunds or stuff like that so I didn't get that they got me the Wii uh, PSP I bought with my own money after it got stolen from me so I had to buy another one of those uh, twice I had two PSPs stolen from me so that leads up to what is known as the 8th generation of console and the first console I bought for myself was the Wii U. <laughs> Andrew and I just have nothing to say. <laughs> what can you say? I, I bought Frogger and I bought the Wii U. All right. I don't know what happened to oh, me. You know, shit. I'm like, let's branch out and let's buy different shit. And I was like, the Wii U, that's cheap. I'm poor. Let's fucking buy it. I need a fucking console. <laughs> Uh, I played Pikmin 3 on it. Uh, I played, uh, I think they finally came out. I think they finally came out with Twilight Princess HD. I played that on that. And, uh, it sits somewhere collecting dust. I remember actually I hooked it up when me and my wife first got together. I had a TV in my bedroom and it was before I bought one of the little dongles that turns your TV into a smart TV. I hooked the Wii U up to it because the Wii U had Netflix and I would have that gigantic fucking cheap tablet. 
And can I tell you how much that cheap tablet pissed me off? Like you look at it and it's like, oh, this thing looks like it's, it's fucking something legit. This will no. be so cool. You can utilize so many things. It'll, no. It's so advanced technology no. and edgy. and It's so lightweight and it feels cheap. It almost, do you guys remember the leapfrogs when we were yes. kids? Yes. It That's felt what, well, like a leapfrog. Well, yeah. to preface, you are younger than both John and me. I worked at Toys R Us. I remember selling leapfrogs. <laughs> but I know exactly what you mean because they <laughs> they were very like a, a thick, sturdy plastic, but light at the same time. Yeah. I mean, it, saying you worked at Toys R Us is a little bit misleading. You were the guy inside the Jeffrey costume. I mean, that's one time, <laughs> one time. Yeah, and could the be fan worse. didn't work, and that was hot as balls. Uh, it could be worse. You could have been Chuck E. Cheese. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah so we want to go down that road too. No, yeah. no. First, so I'd rather I, I, talk, no, we want to talk, talk about, about first job, we talk first games, and nope. we want to talk first uh, consoles. I'd rather talk about the what, Wii U. How many times did you have to get in that Chucky outfit? Wii U was such a goddamn failure of a system. I, I'll be honest. What they also did, a failure in a name too. Wii U. Yeah. Even as a gamer, I feel like I know most of what's going on in the game world. I try and keep up. Even even stuff I don't like, I understand it. The Wii U was. Even the name, when it first announced, I thought it was an upgrade. I thought you bought the tablet and it went with the Wii. And that's sad, considering I watched E3 all the time. My entire life was just video games. And the G4 fact- was out. Yeah. The oh, fact yeah. that they lost me with the name and what it was about was so ridiculous. But I ended up buying it because I-, I loved Zelda. I loved a lot of the Nintendo games. I knew I missed out a lot on the GameCube when it first came out. So I was like, okay. Let's do the Wii U. And now there's, I don't know, four games they haven't upgraded or did an HD remaster or whatever to the Switch. There's so, every like every week for a time, my library of Wii U games was getting smaller and smaller because I'd be like, I don't need this on the shelf anymore. The Switch version is out, so I'll take that one off, take that one off. I think I got like three games on my shelf that are Wii U now. They just didn't do, I mean, they brought in the Amiibos and I started collecting those, the Zelda ones, just because it was Zelda, but that was, that was a, I felt like mistake, not for them, they made fucking tons of money, but the, the idea behind it was dumb. Just everything about it was just not good. And I don't even know, I think honestly it was the price point. I hadn't started working in the prison yet, I was still making pretty shit money at the hospital. Wasn't it like 250 Yeah. 300 250 and I missed, I didn't even get the Legend of Zelda one. I got the fucking black one. I didn't even get the cool Me one. Me too. God, man. So that was, so not only did I let you guys down by saying my first bought game was Frogger, my first, first bought console was Wii U, and I feel like an idiot, because I picked this goddamn topic. Man, I remember buying the Super Nintendo. I got fucking Spider-Man. Oh, man, I got the PS3 with fucking some of the best classics ever. I bought Final Fantasy X. I bought Frogger and I bought the Wii U. I look like a fucking scrub. Next topic. <laughs> I think you're, you're still the best gamer out of the three of us. Yeah, because I don't I'm mind fucking, saying that. That's because I had to survive through the onslaught of shit that I kept buying myself. I was like, well, I guess I'm playing this now. Barbie's Hidden Horse Adventure. All right. I might be able to redeem myself on this one. We're going to uh, last, last first. 
uh, is our first midnight release. Uh, John, let's go ahead and start with you again, because you you worked midnight releases, so... I did. What was the first one that you bought, though? Like, what was the first one you went to the store and you were like, all right, I'm fucking camping out and let's go? Um, never had one. I only have my experience of working one. So I can share that if you would like. Let's absolutely, sir. Hear it. Uh, I, I know, I think I've shared part of this story already. So back in 2007, for like six, seven months, I worked at GameStop. And in the time that I worked there, some just banger games had come out. Like it was the first Uncharted, uh, Assassin's Creed. And we did a midnight release for Halo 3. And Halo 3 had like three different editions. You had like your base game and then they had uh, like the Master Chief version and then they had like the legendary thing. I think I shared the story about the dude who was trying to put on the Master Chief helmet. Did I share that story? Dude ended up having to go to the hospital. <laughs> I don't know. Lis- li- listeners, you can probably at me later. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, this this GameStop that I worked at was in a strip mall that had a Fuddruckers, which is like your run-of-the-mill like burger chain, right? Run of, and, whoa, run-of-the-mill, bro. Put some respect on some Fuddruckers now. Fuddruckers is good. Fuddruckers <laughs> is good. It's a burger chain. And build your own burger chain. Build your own burger chain. Um, they caught wind of us doing a midnight release and came and brought like hundreds of freaking cookies. Like this was a huge deal. So I ended up working the day of the midnight release. I came in at like two and then we closed, I think at like nine or 10. And then we actually had to set up the shop. We actually had like posters and then like merch and stuff for Halo 3. Like we had a little, t-shirt stand we had a bunch of the little like keychains and stuff so we actually had to rearrange the store but we actually also too had to like put the roll cages down of the windows for the store because none of anything that said halo 3 could be visible from uh from outside the store until midnight like until the actual release of the game so we actually had to set up the store and then we had shit tons of boxes in the back of the store that we had to bring out and they we had like everyone who pre-ordered the game had their name and then what version of the game that they brought. So it was kind of cool. We were having kind of like a party in the store. We were all hopped up on Domino's Pizza and Mountain Dew, uh, me and my boss and everyone who was working that night. So it was crazy as shit. I can remember being behind the register, given all the all the people that came in that, that game. It was really cool. Just seeing, I, I never experienced anything like that before and haven't experienced anything like that since just People being so hyped up for a, for a game that was, you know, I think when Halo 3 was coming out, it was supposed to end that trilogy. And then after after that came, like, what was it, Halo Reach and then ODST and all that other stuff. You guys are the Halo guys. I'm, I'm, I'm not a, a Halo person. Please don't at me. The company that was doing the first three games, they were going to conclude their contract and then go off and branch and do their own thing. That was Bungie. When Bungie yeah. was first doing 1, 2, and 3, they had a contract for five games. And they were kind of close. They, they just wanted out so that they could do their own thing. And that's when 343 took over after that. But their next game was going to be Reach. But to reach their five-game contract, they had to throw out an extra one, and that was ODST, yeah. which is a little less content, but it was still of the same era, of the same style, idea, just you weren't 
the super soldier master chief you were from the marines perspective yeah i tell you what it was a really cool experience being a part of that everyone that came in was super cool we could only have like 20 25 people in the store at a time we had like the merch stuff all set up by the uh by the checkout so it was pretty cool it was it was really fun i haven't had an experience like that before um i would like to go to one if there's ever a game that's doing like a midnight release near me you know if like god of war ragnarok does something like that i'd probably go like just because I, I really want to get my hands on that game and want to play it. So, yeah, man, that was my experience. A hard part is a lot of places don't do something like that anymore. They don't do the midnight releases yeah. unless it's uh, like there was a time where I was doing work near a GameStop that was doing like, and I'm talking about like last year, two years ago, I was doing work around an area. I was doing like an overnight shift and I was like, why are there people like, why is there still like lights on at the GameStop at 11 o'clock at night? Yeah. Oh, they're getting ready for a midnight release. And I don't even remember yep. what it was, but like, other than that, I mean, you have people that you can go to Walmart and you may have like three people that are there just waiting for that yeah. one employee to be able to take stuff out and it can go through the register coding after midnight. And But you don't really have that kind of celebration anymore. That kind of like, this is what I was waiting for. Yeah. Granted, we're talking 14 years ago now, but. At at the time that I was at GameStop, it was solely based upon how many reservations you got for the game. Like, how many people were like, yes, I'm putting, you know, and at GameStop, which is still a thing that they do now, it's $5. So you go, okay, cool, I'm putting a reservation down on such and such game on such and such system. And based on how many reservations you get, so say you get 100 reservations for X game, they'll you know, the, the developer of the game or like, you know, if it's a Sony game, uh, Sony will then go, okay, this store, this specific store got a hundred reservations. We're going to send them 150 copies so that they can give the hundred people who reserved the game their copy and then have 50 extra to give out to the people who didn't want to put their five bucks down. So that's kind of how, like, that's the ins and outs of like, um, reservations at GameStop and kind of how that works. So I know for that midnight release of Halo 3, we had, God, probably 200 people come in the little GameStop that I was working at at the time. Like, it was a lot of people. And then not everyone that reserved the game was even there at midnight. Some came, like, later the next day when the store opened back up at, like, 10 or, you know, in the coming days or week or so after. So, but yeah, man, it was a lot of fun. Um, it, it was cool. So to kind of piggyback off of that, I'm not going to do my first release. I remembered something that it was like, pop, pop a little thing. A few years back, you know, I was still with my wife. I don't, I can't remember if we were married yet or we were still dating, engaged, whatever. But I remembered I wanted to go to do or to a release and I was super excited for it. And I want to say it was Halo 5. I mean, I, I got it and I, I don't think I really even played it that much, but I really wanted it. And I went with my wife to go to GameStop and it was probably about 1030 at night. And I mean, adult jobs, blah, blah, blah. I got there and there's, you know, a whole bunch of like teenagers out there and they're being rowdy and they really wanted to like wait. And I'm like, I don't want to listen to this, even if it's for an hour and a half. But one of the coolest things was somebody had brought this mobile gaming station. It was like a, 
like a taco truck, a roach coach, but not it. They, they open up the back doors of this thing. And there was like a, a TVs on the doors on the SWAT on the sides. And you could just like go up and you could play old versions of the, like you could play Halo three and Halo four right out the back on these big ass subwoofers. And like, they really brought the gaming experience. And it was like this truck that you could rent for parties and this and that. I thought it was the coolest thing. That sounds really cool. A roach coach for video games. Right. <laughs> I mean, I was still old. I went home and then went back the next morning to get the game. But <laughs> when I did that, that was like, I thought that was like a cool thing to see. And that that's how the advancing of current games or current ish. I mean, cause that was however many years ago. And I thought that was really cool. That's freaking awesome. For my my first uh, midnight release experience that I can remember, if I'm remembering correctly, it was back in 2006. I had two of them, actually, in 2006 that me and Mr. Sean did. Now, back in 2006, me, Mr. Sean, and Kevin, all are like we had our own little gaming circle. We, uh, we would always play, go over each other's houses, like have these fun interactions. And I remembered that Sean and Kevin both had the really fat DSs, but it was the DS light smaller. It had the little, like the better backlight, like it was uh, like, well, I say smaller, slimmer and so sleek. And I remember waiting in line like overnight. (laughs) I don't know. I think we got there at like midnight or 1am or something like that. And then just waited sitting out in the, let's see, it it released in June. So it wasn't that cold out, but we were sitting out on the sidewalk of Toys R Us and then just waiting until they opened at seven. And then later on in November of the same year, we did the same thing for the Wii. And I like, as growing up as an introvert, that was not something I did. Like, yeah, I, I'd go and see a movie by myself, but I wouldn't like go out around a bunch of people in awkward situations that I couldn't avoid conversation because I'm standing next to you for a purpose. And I, yeah, I, that's what I remember. (laughs) But I mean, I I don't know if that was the, the earliest, but it's, it's the earliest I remember at the time. What about you, Kev? The night was September 24th, 2007. Remember like it was yesterday. It was about 72 degrees outside. Me and Wookiee went to Fruitland uh, at the GameStop next to the Walmart there. Showed up while it was still sunny outside, so it had to be like 6 p.m. We stood in line, gamer fuel in hand. Ready to pick up Halo Goddamn 3. <laughs> we fucking had so much fun in that line. Just talking to people around us, talking about Halo memories, uh, just thinking about how fucking good this game was going to be, how we were going to go home, play some multiplayer online. The store gave out those. Metal, 
I guess like tubes is the best way to describe them of gamer fuel with that master chief. They were like on a, a cyan color. And you gave me one. You had yeah. an extra one and you gave me one. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, full of fucking gamer fuel, which might as well just been Mountain Dew code red. I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure it was. Um, got to talk to the GameStop employees. They were fucking jonesing for it. It just, it felt so awesome to be just surrounded by, because at the time, like 2007, I still felt like gaming wasn't the norm. Kind of like how it feels today where no. everyone's doing it. No, you were still considered a nerd then. Yeah, to be surrounded by people that were so just loved and loved this game so much and talked about stories about how they played it all the time. Halo 2 was fucking insane. The employees were just like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's let's play some fucking Halo. We had Halo matches. You'd go inside to, uh, just to check out all the Halo stuff they had on the walls and stuff. I remember asking uh, the GameStop employee for... If I could reserve one of the the Halo memorabilia they had, I get the, the advertisements or whatever. So they put my name on that. Got that. Some dude showed up with his truck and was like blaring the Halo. The like it was insane. It was so fucking awesome to to have that experience. And I don't think I've been to a couple other midnight releases, and either the the fun wasn't there like it was or the game just didn't turn out to be as good as I'd hoped. but Halo 3 everything about being there in line in Fruitland with a buddy with my buddy Wook waiting for Halo 3 to drop just I I remember at the time my girlfriend was pissed because she wanted to hang out I was like I'm gonna lose my spot in line you know get the fuck out of here what the fuck are you talking about going home playing Halo with Wookie it was insane, and I wish I could bottle that emotion and sell it to you listeners, because, I mean, I'm sure you guys have your own uh, first overnight release, your first games you bought, and I want you all to relive that. So make sure you uh, you get hit us up on Twitter on our Instagram about you, you know, your first memories of the first game you bought with cash, or your first overnight release. What game was it? Did the game turn out to be disappointing? I remember I went to a midnight release for Battlefield four and i remember because I, I loved battlefield three and i would play battlefield four and you couldn't even join a squad together it was the dumbest shit i've ever seen in my entire life so hit us up on uh john what's the what's those handles on instagrammies so instagram at vgl podcast twitter vgl underscore podcast i should probably just change them both to be the same damn thing but anyway kev i have a question real quick yes how would you have felt going to a midnight release of Final Fantasy twelve? Bro, I'd have been so angry. <laughs> Cause I'm sure I'd have been standing in line going, Yeah, Final Fantasy again? Hell yeah, I just got through playing ten. Yeah, ten two was a little bit of a letdown, but I got hormones ranging, like raging through my body. So the ten two, the beginning song, that I know, I know. You know, that was I, I, I got down, you know. Yuna's tits were out there. It's cool. Maybe 12 can give me that bunny. Are you kidding me? Phew. We, uh, my therapist had a lot to talk about that. And it opened up a lot of things that I didn't realize about myself. And then I would have went home. And I'd have been, <laughs> I'd have been, I don't know if I'd been more upset about Frogger being my first game. Wii U being my first fucking console that I bought. 
or if Final Fantasy XII was the first overnight release I had. I'd have been so upset. So upset. Andrew's got the actual metal case. I knew it. You were pulling it out. <laughs> Look, oh, looks God. very unused. <laughs> yep. Like I said, it's got about an hour of play. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh. Kind of like you after you got married. <laughs> there's our there's our uh i was about to say there's our spoiler but no there's <laughs> <our> <laughs> uh, before we end this episode do you guys i wanted to ask do you guys still have any of these first games or first consoles i mean i don't have the original uh final fantasy 10 that i bought but i have the the remake version that came out for ps4 mm-hmm. with 10 2 so I don't think I have my Super Nintendo or Maximum Carnage. I know I don't have my Maximum Carnage, and I don't think the Super Nintendo I have is the same one. I think I lost, like, when I lost a lot of other games earlier on, that was one of them, and majority of my Super Nintendo games. I still have the same DS Lite, though. Frogger is no longer... uh, I I have no idea where it is. I have... have Frogger is no longer in my... Repertoire? (laughs) Yeah, uh, I saw the Wii See U. See how many words you could rhyme there. <laughs> I have the Wii U because I sure as shit didn't buy a second one, and um, I still got the Halo Three that I have bought. Uh, it's actually sitting on my little shelf of games. I uh, still got my Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty Halo game up there because I have the the metal case. I actually sliced my finger on it, wiping dust off of it. It's the metal case that opened on two different sides, and it had the little plastic seat sleeve with the big gigantic three on it. I like went to go wipe the dust off the top of the metal case and the plastic sleeve sliced my finger open. So that game, that game drew blood, man. That's a very (laughs) Kevin thing to do. Bro, I was just trying to clean the game. I was like, oh, it's dusty. Now it's bloody. There's a lot of things that are dusty and bloody. Hey, yo. Hey. Any thoughts, gentlemen, before we uh, say adios this episode? No. Uh, None from the Master of Bation. None for the Master of Ceremonies. Then I guess uh, we'll get off here. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. Hell yeah. Uh, Got them all. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of uh, just all over the randomness that we talked about today. But like I said earlier, let us know some of your first memories of stuff that you bought with your your money. Gaming related. I don't want to hear about the lollipop you guys bought with your 25 cents that grandma whatever gave you. Or that waitress is going to be like, hey, I took that 24 cents and I bought fucking a peppermint. Some manners. Gas station. Oh, yeah? <laughs> she could shove it up her fucking hoo-ha and call herself a goddamn piggy bank for all I care. Love you guys. We'll see you guys <laughs> next time. See ya. Bye. Goodbye. I'm choking on this bread so hard my nipples are getting hard. Like, fill up my drink. I bet when she walks it goes chink, 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 chink. Oh, shit. Uh, this, by the way, this episode brought to you by Andrew. <laughs>